0: Our second scripture reading this morning is one of my favorites, and again, I think a perfect scripture reading for this first day of the new year, but also perfect words after what we've just done. Let us now listen to the words of the prophet Jeremiah chapter 31 beginning with verse 31. I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May your good news come, O oh Lord, not only in the words spoken, but in and through the power of your Holy Spirit in full assurance. Amen. Jovi has forced us to accept a new normal. Jovi is our year and a half year, and a half year old Australian shepherd puppy who's turned the Curtis house upside down. Mostly, I admit, in a good way. She's smart and affectionate and sweet. And Diana will tell you that she's the prettiest girl in the whole world. But she really likes to bark at everything. Birds, rabbits, squirrels, cats, bugs, neighbors, cars, thin air. As an Aussie we have learned that Jovi has taken on the very loud practice as her job in our house. No one else is barking excitedly at everything, and so she will fill that void. And she does not mind working overtime and on weekends. Trust me. On Tuesday of this week, when we could not get her back into the house because she was too busy barking at absolutely nothing, I thought to myself, When did this become our new normal? Don't get me wrong, we've had other dogs who tested our patience, like Callie, our chocolate lab who loved to get out of the yard and just explore for hours, and once days on end. She learned to climb the wooden fence in the backyard, and until I found a piece of patio furniture to block her escape route, would help herself to strolls around Maribel. One day, a few years ago, she got out not once, not twice, but three times. And each time was found by the animal control officer who was not amused, in the least. In fact, the third time I walked into his office that day to pick her up, he had a citation waiting for me and a threat of more to come if I did not fix the problem. And we've had yappy Australian shepherds before, too. Berkeley loved to bark so much that she earned the nickname Barkley, but not like Jovi. Jovi takes it to another level. Jovi has brought a new normal, and we and our neighbors are trying to learn to live in this new and different reality. These days, we spend hours on end barking at the cat next door who's committed no crime more serious than sitting on its own front porch. This is the new normal the phrase the new normal has been in our lexicon for some time but the last couple years of meandering through the seamless seemingly never-ending COVID-19 pandemic brought it into the forefront of everyday life at the height of the lockdown I remember days thinking to myself I miss the old normal when we could get up and go to the grocery store Or drop our kids off at school or daycare or go to the office or meet a friend for lunch and not have to think twice about making it to the end of the day safe and healthy. I think we've even had to consider that the fact that we might have an even new new normal of a triple-demic trying to avoid flu, RSV, and COVID, which somehow seems a whole lot more complicated. And it seems like We have another new normal of severe weather shutting down airlines and the power grid. Or a new normal could be the anxiety brought on by our economy, or the threat of intensifying war, or the uncertainty about what the future might or might not hold. And it seems to be getting more personal. There's the neighbor who was going to retire, but now can't. There's the friend who was let go when the company downsized. There's the family down the street who've lost their house. All of this has become normal much more quickly than we'd like to acknowledge. But if we're completely honest, the new normal is nothing new. The new normal has been around as long as human life has existed. You know the story. An awkward pregnancy along with a pre-due date relocation because of taxation. A baby is born in a barn to a teenage mother. A jealous monarch is threatened by any challenge to his authority and will stop at nothing to prove who's in charge. My hunch is that Mary and Joseph, like lots of us, have seen enough of Christmas. Like a lot of us, I'll bet they were ready to have the tree dragged out to the street and the decorations packed away and for things to return to normal, whatever normal might be. It had to have been disorienting, to say the least. With a newborn baby, Mary and Joseph almost immediately become refugees, trying to escape the wrath of a maniacal dictator Joseph's dream warns him that Herod is on the loose looking for babies to kill. Egypt seemed like the best option available. So on the one hand, there's little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. But on the other is Rachel weeping for her children. As we heard Britain just read from our Matthew passage. Sound familiar? Even the momentary piece of our Christmas candlelight came on the tail end of what has been a hard year for many of us. Too many natural disasters, too many strokes, too much cancer and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, too many sudden deaths and too many estranged relationships. 2022 has been a tough year. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who've said that they're ready to leave it in the rearview mirror And start over with a clean slate. And that's the good news that Matthew and Jeremiah have for us this morning. That with the Christ child comes a new, new normal. God's new normal. Things may look as bad as they did before, but because of this baby, regardless of the circumstances, no matter how dire things may get, we know that there's a new ending to the story. Matthew reminds us that wherever we go, whatever happens, we are never out of God's sight. In Egypt, in bankruptcy, in the middle of divorce or of a war or an irrational person trying to destroy our lives or anything else. Wherever we go, whatever we feel, God has been there and has done that and will meet us there again. Jeremiah foretold that new normal centuries earlier. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, God says. I'll put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. The old normal may be Herod and Hitler and homelessness and hatred. The new normal is that a child has been born to us. And that means that all things become new. The new normal means that God has written the new covenant in our hearts. God's new normal means that we don't have to go on living this way anymore. And after a year like 2022, wouldn't it be nice as the calendar turns to January 2023 that we could start all over again? a new beginning with a clean slate and a future full of hope well the apostle paul in one of my favorite passages from second corinthians proclaims this good news if anyone is in christ there is a new creation a new beginning everything old has passed away everything has become new does that sound like good news to you because it should Because what Paul says is that in Christ, the way things have been doesn't have to be the way things are. In Christ, we don't have to be anchored by the past or our former failures and shortcomings. In Christ, we're not stuck in the rut of the old roads that we've traveled. We can be new people with new hopes and dreams and new possibilities. I don't want you to misunderstand me here. Paul isn't talking about more than just a first century version of New Year's resolutions. Resolutions are fine, but we know from experience that if we're lucky and we're really, really dedicated, they might get us into the middle of next week. Paul has something different in mind. Matthew has something different in mind. Jeremiah has something different in mind. These are not new resolutions. This is a new covenant, a new promise from God. And covenants are interesting. They're an interesting form of agreement that don't quite fit very easily into our world today. We're much more comfortable with contracts. If you're under contract to mow your neighbor's yard for $20, you'll get your money after you mow the lawn. That makes sense to us. But if you make a covenant with your neighbor to mow their lawn, then you mow their lawn even if they forget to pay you. And you get paid even if you don't mow their lawn. In a world like ours, that sort of arrangement doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Contracts, you see, are about what we do. We mow the lawn and we get paid. Covenants are about who we are. God makes a covenant with the people of Israel and sends the prophet Jeremiah to tell them all about it. Here's who I will be, says the Lord. I will be your God, and here's who you will be. You are all my people. It's a covenant within which we discover who we are. And we discover in compar- incomparably good news that despite all past failures, despite our shortcomings, God is still our God. We are still God's people. It's a covenant which has survived flood and famine and war. It survived the rise and fall of cultures and presidents and kings and emperors. And still the covenant stands. We belong to God and God belongs to us. This covenant, this good news is what allows us to leave the past behind and gives us the strength and the hope to begin again. Today, we mark the beginning of a new year, thank God. We celebrate a new beginning and we celebrate it in the name of the one who makes all things new, who gives us the chance to begin again. This beginning gives us hope and hope is the fundamental Christian affirmation. God is not yet finished with us and God is not yet finished with this world. There's a new normal. All that we hope for is in the future. This is the beginning of the beginning of the beginning. God's new day begins right now. If anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation, a new normal. Thanks be to God. Amen.
1: Let us turn to God in prayer. Another year has turned its page, O Lord. We feel promises about to be fulfilled, hopes that may be realized, and sorrows unknown. All of this we carry into a new year. We declare it at the doorway into 2023. That our trust is not in any man or woman to fulfill us, nor is our trust in circumstance or a belief that the days ahead will be easy. We do not expect in this new year for our every prayer to be answered in a way we would like. But we know that you are in control, and we release our lives to you. We put our trust in this. That you who have been with us through this past year, Emmanuel, will be with us in this new year. For it is in you that we trust. If you go ahead of us, we will go. If you go behind us, we will go. If you lead us in a cloud by day, and if you will light the night and its shadows with your fire, we will faithfully follow. This is our prayer. In all things that happened this year, we ask that we would be aware of your presence, O Lord. We especially ask that you would be present with those who are suffering, who are in pain, recovering from illness, or who are dying. We lift up Earl Hagler and ask for healing. We pray for those that grieve the loss of loved ones who now rest eternally with God. In this walk that will always be by faith and not by sight, let us perceive your nearness. We will stumble and fall, and we will also succeed and triumph. We will laugh, and we will also weep. But in those moments in which we cannot sense you near, let us see with the eyes of faith the marks of your presence all around us, beneath us, Carrying us boldly into your future, a future where all know your good news. The widow, the orphan, and the stranger need not fear. And we sit at beside each other at the long table you have set for us. With you we walk with confidence and trust into this new year. Hear our prayers, living Lord Jesus, and hear the prayer you taught us, saying, Our Father, Let us continue to worship God through our tithes and offerings.